Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. The point is, is this is what's, what's happened, and I just wanted you to understand, there is a battle that goes on with everything in your life. When you come to church and you hear teaching, you can have battles. Unless you're someone that, you know, if you're not, if you're pre-church, I guarantee you, you have battles. I I guarantee it. But if you're not pre-church, you won't because you don't have anything to battle with. You have to be taught to be religious. You have to be taught to be the way you are. So when I got into church, you could tell me anything. I'm like going, okay, let's do it. Oh, church four times a week? Okay, let's do it. But see, I wasn't taught that. No, that's not right. That's overkill. You don't need that. But I wasn't the church person. And all the years I've been doing this, that's usually the ones that have the difficult time in maturing and growing because they're, they're churchy. And if you have previous church in you, just understand that. Because everything in your life can be overcome if you just choose to allow it to be and say, you know what, I'm going to listen. I'm going to hear. Because this is what it ultimately comes down to. You're believing stuff, things that aren't even scriptural, but you believe them as it is truth. And that's what's messing people up. And I don't want you messed up. I want you free. Just like Jesus said, I want you to know the truth. And that truth, now remember, the word no means is you receive the instruction and you you accept it in your life. That means you heard information with the attitude to put it to use. And he said, knowing that truth will then, in the right way, not listening for head knowledge, knowing the truth in the right way for use, application, then you'll be free. That's what it says. And she'll know the truth, applying the truth shall make you free. Freedom can only come from applied truth. And so we want applied truth. I want God's word applied in my life. Now, last week, we really talked about how guilt and condemnation, they're not the same thing. And when you understand guilt, ultimately in the Greek language, guilt is this conscious part of you that says, not good, good. But also understand this, it comes from conscience. Everybody say conscience. And we also see in the scripture, you can have an evil conscience or a good conscience. In other words, there are many times as you, you guys living life have grown up to where certain things you've been taught, you might have a friend that's been taught totally different. And when they do something or say something, you cringe, but they don't. Anybody ever have that happen in your life? Right? I mean, I I remember going, I remember just plain as day going to my friend's house for the first time to eat dinner with his family, the neighbor kid down the street, went there, his dad and mom are from Germany, and in the supper table, no kidding, this is the truth, his dad and his mom went, big old burp, in the middle of supper. My house, that's a backhand. No, no, that you, you, we're not talking this. We're talking, no, you're going to get beat for that one. I about, I I thought, and then I thought, well, who's going to hit him? It's the dad. (laughs) And I'm not kidding you. Everything within me was going, 
this is so wrong. But when the mom did it, when the mom did it, it, I just was, I thought, wake up. Wait, where are you? She burped. And I just went and ate along. It's like beef stroganoff or something. And so we were done eating and everything. And I asked him, I go, what's going on? Why would you, why they burp right at the, that's so wrong. I'm telling my friend that. He goes, it ain't wrong where they're from. We're, this is what my family does. And he has no problem with burping. Now, see, I wasn't raised that way. My conscience said that's wrong. His conscience said it's right. Are you guys hearing me? Now, see, I believe with all my heart that all of us born on this earth, we're born with this, this conscience that God gives us that in the very beginning is so pure and right that you don't have to be told that something's wrong. You'll conscience experience it. I remember the first time I took something from the store and stuck it in my pocket. I remember to this day, I was probably like about six years old, six, seven years old. And I felt terrible. I didn't feel good about it. I felt terrible about it. And when I got home, I couldn't even get it out of my pocket because it just reminded me how wrong that was. Now, I don't remember before that my parents ever saying, don't steal, don't go to the store and steal, don't ever steal. It just happened. And in that, I felt that. And that's what I'm talking about, that conscience. Later on in life, you start what? You start changing your conscience by what is inputting into your mind. And as it inputs in, things not become as bad as they were where you knew it was wrong, but now you don't think it's wrong. How'd that change? How come there's no more guilt? How come there's nothing there that stops you anymore? And we see this all the time in people's lives. You see, you see young people that go out and can kill and not have any guilt. I can guarantee you when they're children, there'd be major guilt. But as they got older, they got what? They got hard and calloused which changes their conscience. Are you guys hearing me? Remember in, uh, when Abram gave Sarai and said, she's my sister and, and Pharaoh and Pharaoh said, okay, I'll take her as my wife. She's, she's hot. And then later on, Pharaoh goes, how could you do this? Why would you dare have me take your wife? This is Pharaoh, an Egyptian, to Abram, Abraham. Why would, it, why would it bother him? Because his conscience knew that you can't, you don't take a married wife. Why? They didn't have a law. There was no law. There wasn't even a Mosaic law. There wasn't a Ten Commandments because his conscience. Are you guys hearing? So we have different things in our conscience where you might think it's wrong. I might think it's right. I tell you stories of, you know, going to movies and feeling consciously because it became a religious mindset to where I can't hear that. I can't do that. Have you ever felt guilty from someone else doing something bad? I remember, you know, reading a cuss word or, or, or seeing certain things. and You feel like, oh, this is bad. And it's in your head now. And you feel like you're the one doing it. But it isn't. It's the way the conscious works. 
And I want you to get this because what's happening is, is a lot of you are tying conscience to conviction. And then you're tying conviction to the Holy Spirit. Now, this might surprise you. Some of you have been in here long enough, you might already got this, but maybe not. Maybe you've fought this truth. But the Holy Spirit doesn't convict you of anything. And I know a lot of you in here right now are shocked, but you don't have one scripture because it's not in the Bible. But you believe that the Holy Spirit convicted you. Now think about that. I know it's quiet, and I know a lot of you, you're hearing something like that, and right now your conscience is going, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, you blasphemy. No, I'm sorry, you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit because it's not in the Bible. There's only one time in the New Testament that convict and the Holy Spirit are in the same sentence, and it's defined, and that is this. The Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, singular, sin nature. Jesus goes on to say, defining sin, those that do not receive me. The Holy Spirit will only convict the world of sin nature. You that have this belief system that continues on with the Holy Spirit convicts against right or wrong, you don't have any scripture whatsoever, but you created this because of people that don't know the Bible. Pastors, churches, denominations, but they don't understand scripture. They create falsehoods that line up with religion. And I'm telling you right now, not, there isn't any scripture that ties conviction, which isn't in the Bible, by the way. Did you guys know that? The word conviction? They meant, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I read, no, you did you, you read someone that translated it in a later translation in that word, but that's not, that's not at all what the word means of what the religious concept of conviction is because conviction is guilt tied to the place of, You're, this is wrong. How dare you do that? I've been convicted. It's not in the Bible. But convict is in the Bible but it's not in the concept of what you think, but it's tied to your conscience. Every time, which is about three, four times, oh, actually a little more than that, the word convict is used, it's with your conscience. Are you guys hearing me? Are you learning something? Okay, because I know right now there's still, you got a warfare, some of you got a warfare going on because they're religious, but go home and realize that you're wrong and I'm right. You won't find it in the Bible. No, I'm not telling you right now. Nowhere in the New Testament, you're going to find this. But we believe things that are not biblically true. And I can ask anybody in here, if you're brave enough and said, well, I believe the Holy Spirit convicts, I'd say, show me one scripture. And you couldn't do it. But how can you base your life when you don't even, you don't even know that there's scriptures that line up with what you believe? You just feel. Well, I just thought, I believe. That doesn't mean anything. Do you see? I want you free because what's happening is, is you're being 
convicted by your conscience, which could be not even someone else's conviction. You ever seen or known people that have gone to like a, a holiness church or certain denominational churches that really are so tied to, are you wearing a long enough dress, no makeup, make sure you have a bun in your hair? I'm going to tell you right now, any one of those girls put makeup on, they're going to be convicted. Why? Because they were taught that, and they come in here, they're going to look at you and say, y'all going to hell, look at the makeup going on in here. Some of you got, some of you went, started and said, let's go two, three more times. Hey, I got makeup on. <laughs> Either, if I didn't have makeup on, you'd have to have sunglasses on. I have oily face, so I'd be shining. You guys would think, man, the glory of God's on him. <laughs> no, it's just an oily face, man. <laughs> the point is, 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 this is what I'm trying. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help me. Because what we're doing is we're living a life that I believe Jesus said, I want you free. And we're not becoming free because we got so much, so much wrong teaching in us. So let's pay attention. Hear what I'm teaching, all right? Please don't go in your Bible and start trying to find it. Because you're not going to find it. And you're wasting your time. And you're missing the good word, okay? You can do that later. You ain't going to find it anyway. But anyway, you can do it later. Okay, so... We, we looked at the guilt and shame. There, uh, we watched, we watched the, the, the picture analogy of Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, the Bible says in, in 2.25, they were naked and unashamed. I mean, just one sentence, naked and unashamed. They are walking around naked, unashamed. The Bible said they were naked, unashamed. Everybody say unashamed. Now, there's a reason why I said that. Why? Because they were free. They were completely free from any type of shame or guilt. Now, when the enemy came and got Eve to follow his lead, she was deceived. Adam wasn't because he knew it was wrong. But they both did what they shouldn't have done. And they took of whatever the fruit is. They took it. And the Bible said their eyes were opened. I believe right then is when consciousness came out front and alive. Why? Because, see, they didn't need conscience before. Because remember, what's conscious for? Is that right or wrong? Are you hearing me? Is that right or wrong? Well, with them, everything was right. See, they didn't know evil. Are you guys hearing me? They didn't know evil because Satan said, you'll be like God to know evil. To know evil. To know, it's, they didn't know evil. There was no evil. There was no shame, no guilt. It was, they're on this earth, awesome. But then they entered into the fallen world by becoming fallen. So they took, you might say fallen world, because Satan fell from, from the enemy. I mean, from God. He became the enemy of God because he fell. So here they are in a position now where their eyes are open. We do not know. We don't know the time period from the fall to God. So we don't know if it was minutes, hours, a day, couple days. We don't know the time period. But what we do know is there was time to where they literally took leaves, sewed them together, and made their you know, clothes. So there was time to do that. 
Now think about what's going on in their lives. They're in this position of guilt because they disobeyed God. God said, don't, they did. Guilt came upon them. What was guilt for? Guilt is to make a right decision. This is wrong, but you don't deal with it. So it's going to go into other areas if you don't. If you get guilt, it doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean condemnation. It means fix it, fix it. Oh, I feel guilty. Fix it, fix it. You, you do something wrong with your wife. Do something wrong with your husband. Do something wrong at work. You're guilty. Okay, you're guilty. Fix it, fix it. That's all it is. Fix it. Or it's, that was good. That was good. Conscious going, that was okay. That was good. But also that can be warped because what type of input? I know guys that, that are just nasty to their wives and that's so bad, but that's all they know and how they communicate, how they operate, because that's all they know. That's how they're trained, but they don't see it the way someone else might see it or vice versa. Either way, it's again, a trained condition in your conscience. Some will say it's bad. Some will say it's good. Conscience. You listen to people in this day and age, they're saying the most disgusting, sickest things are good. There's nothing wrong with this. And a lot of people's conscience are going, are you out of your mind? Well, how can they look at that and go, it's okay. It's okay. Because the Bible shows us that that conscience can be seared. It can be calloused because there was one time in their life when it wasn't okay. Are you hearing? There was a time in their life when it wasn't okay. So you have to literally callous or sear your conscience to be able to accept something that you, at one time you didn't. Now, people like to think, well, I became more enlightened. No, you didn't. You, you calloused, you seared your conscience. And your conscience is like a computer. It's going to, whatever you keep inputting into it, that's what's on the hard drive. You change what's in that hard drive, you change your conscience. So you can change it from evil, bad to good. What are you inputting into it? Are you guys listening? All right. Do you have ears to hear? All right. So what we see now is they go through this process where their eyes are open to what? Guilt. They're guilty now. Now, their first response should have been, we, we need to fix this. But that was their first response. We need to fix this. But they didn't go, we need to go to God. They said, we need to fix this. We need to go to God. We need to run. Father! No, we need to fix this. So when we go on our own conclusions, we do what? We sow fig leaves. All right? And who knows what that looked like. But the point is, is that's what they did. But then God comes, and we, we talked about this last week, not the way most of us thought God would come. The way religion believes God should come, he didn't come that way. He came with the attitude of love, grace, mercy, compassion, just everything that he expects to me and you in a bad state. He's going to find out. He's not going to find out. He's going to want us to find out why we're at where we're at. Okay. 
And so he says, where are you guys at? Adam says, we hid ourselves. A scripture says they heard, they hid behind the trees. God comes out and says, hey, where are you at? Well, we heard you and we hid ourselves. Why? See, guilt now turned to shame because you don't operate guilt correctly. It'll turn into shame, which then turns into condemnation. In other words, no hope. I'm guilty, condemned, remember? And so that's the process. So deal with guilt correctly. Don't deal with guilt like condemnation because you don't give yourself a chance. There's no hope. Husband and wives, change how you deal with each other by the freedom of the word of God. In other words, you used to deal this way, deal this way now because you're never gonna give each other leeway for change. You're gonna stay the same way. In other words, based upon past, if someone's changing, you can't go through judgment based upon past. You don't give them the opportunity to change. We all want change. We want to continue to change. But it, won't, it can't happen if we still operate us personally based upon previous condition, previous failure, previous this, previous that, that we would never want to be judged for, but we judge other people that way. Again, that's a religious concept. So what we want to do is we always want to look at ourselves in the right light, and that is I need to be teachable so that I can continue to change. And change comes through what the Word of God says, how it teaches us. So they now are in a position where they're hiding from God instead of running to God. That, that is the example of what sin does, not what God's desire is, not God's heart for you. He doesn't want you hiding. He doesn't want you running away. He wants you running to him. They didn't run to him, go, we sinned, we, oh, we ate the thing, help us, we, we, we messed up. They didn't do that. Adam said, I mean, God says, Adam, hey, who, who told you what, what's going on? What's going on? Eve, that woman, dude, terror, she screwed me. First thing he does, blame. The process of sin, the process of not dealing with guilt correctly. And that's what we saw last week, right? But this is what happens is when we don't get centered on God's word. We create our own foundational beliefs in the Bible that can not even be in the scripture. And that's how we stay bound. That's how we judge people incorrectly because we don't know what the scripture says. So let's get into conviction. Y'all ready for this? All right. This is the only place in the Bible with the Holy Spirit. John 16, 8. And when he has come, the Holy Spirit has come, he will convict the world of sin, singular. Do you see sins in there? No, it is a singular sin nature. It's the nature of sin, all right? He'll convict the world of sin nature and righteousness and of judgment. And then he goes like this, of sin. In other words, dealing with this nature thing, sin nature thing, because they do not believe in me. That's the only thing. So if you have someone out there you're, you're witnessing to, you're talking to about Jesus, they're ta they want to know your story, I'm going to tell you right now, the Holy Spirit's tugging on their hearts. Just understand that. The Holy Spirit is operating the way he's supposed to operate toward people that are not saved. From this point on, you will not see 
the Holy Spirit in any connection to sins in your life. Sad to say. But also a position where you can be now free because you're blaming God. And God's not doing anything. And that's why it's so easy for you to be condemned. That's why it's so easy to see God as a person that is not happy with you, that he cannot use you, that, that, that you're just so bad and so wrong because God's convicting you. He's convicting you. And he's not at all, at all. And that's what the scripture teaches. Isn't that beautiful? You guys should be excited right now. Not like, oh my gosh, heresy. Like I said, the heresy is in the false belief that the Holy Spirit convicts you of sins. He doesn't. Okay, let's move on. Convict in a religious connotation is what we would think in reprove. It means to in a, in a place where you're saying wrong, bad, this is what I'm showing you is incorrect. Oh, I feel this is wrong now. I shouldn't have done this. And this is what we're doing in the word convict. Like I said, conviction is not in scripture. There's nowhere in the Bible that one, I think 1 Thessalonians 5 or something says, it used translation. In newer translation, it, it used the word convict for that Greek word, but it doesn't mean, I mean conviction, but it doesn't mean the conviction we have. It actually is a, a beneficial, good word, not a negative word. And I'll show you this too. But I just want you to clear on this stuff so you understand what Scripture teaches. Not what religious opinion teaches. What does Scripture say, okay? Now, Ephesians 5.11 says this. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Everybody say expose them. Now, now listen. Listen to what I'm saying. The Greek word convict, actually the best translation would be reprove. Reprove. That would be the closest, as far as a biblical term, reprove. Now, the Greek word is elenko, all right? Elenko. It means to expose, correct a fault, give correction for a wrong, okay? You will see this term in some scriptures in your Bible. It all depends on translation where they will use the word convict, but it's, it's, it's not in the definition that you define it religiously. And that's all I want you to know, because it'll be used in different ways throughout the Bible in the New Testament. So it says here that we are to elenco them. Same word that if you saw it, convict in. That means do not fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. In other words, don't hang out with people that are not looking for change. They're not looking for anything, but we want to do evil. And he says, but rather be a person that has the ability to expose that that's evil. And not go around saying, oh, sinner, sinner, sinner. What it's saying is, is listen, have no fellowship. Fellowship is different 
A, a, a terminology of fellowship means the relationship is in a close state, a connection state. Because we are to have connection with unbelievers, period. But the fellowship term means as you go beyond the line now into a close friendship, that type of connection. So he says what? Do not have, now listen to me, do not have a close relationship with people. No, it didn't say that. It said unfruitful works of darkness. What, what is he saying? He's saying there are going to be people that you hang around that you got light shining on. They're going to do something wrong. You're exposing them. How do you expose it? Look, you're evil. You're doing this. No, that's against what Scripture teaches. Scripture says exposing light or exposing truth is not in a judgmental way. The Bible says that the ministry of our hearts, our lives, should be reconciliation to a good God. So the exposing them is, is you're not being connected to the unfruitful work of darkness. You're not connected to the evil or bad at all. You're exposed it by going, I don't do that. That's not how I roll. I don't do that stuff. That's how you expose your life toward that type of action. You guys getting that? Because see, what happens is you fellowship with someone. You assume that Hey, they do that. Well, I guess we just, you know, it's how we roll now. No, you don't. You're light. You're salt. You're not religious. You're not judgmental. You're light and salt. That's the time you go, okay, well, we had a nice night. We're going to go now. You know, do your strip poker now. We're out of here. You see what I'm saying? In other words, you say, you know, okay, this is the line. It, we're, you're going in the direction. I know a lot of you know what I'm talking about. You go to the family parties, you go to the Thanksgiving dinner, you know, everything's cool and still everybody starts getting drunk. So what are you going to do? Fellowship, it's family. Yeah, and that's usually how kids get hurt. People's lives get destroyed because you're playing the fool now instead of doing the righteous thing. And that is love you guys, but it's time for us to go. Family, more important than you all right now. Do you see what I'm saying? That, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. They're going to have a problem with it, but they'll have a problem with you no matter what. <laughs> no matter what. But you're, you're just saying, this is, this is cross the line now. All right? Now, let's keep going. So, in a religious conviction, I, I promise you, religious conviction is always connected to shame. It's saying, this needs to be revealed. You need to know that was wrong. Wrong for you to do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get us to realize that when it's talking about these words, it's not using this terminology. It's using the ability to go, my conscience is showing me because scripture, because of how I was raised, that this isn't right. But even in that, it has to be judged. Judged towards what? What is truth? Because I can believe something's right and it might not be right. You guys see this? All right. Let's go to the next scripture. 2 Timothy 4.2. Preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season. Elenco. Elenco. That's the word. Same word. We're talking about convict or, or expose. Now it's convince. Preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season. Convince. 
rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Notice how the words used. Now, what I'm saying is, is I'm saying, look at the words translated many times convict. Our religious definition is not what the Greek language is. So we're assuming things that are not correct. So already we're seeing something that's saying, hey, this should be making you stronger and better. So it's, it's convict, this word convict is now exposed for what? To, to, to help people, to now what? Convince, to be able to help people grow in instruction, John 8, 9. Then those who heard it being convicted, there's this translation, elenko, same word, same word. Are you guys with me? Now look, watch this, by their conscience. What? Then those who heard it were being convicted by the Holy Spirit. No, see, that's not what it says. You will not find it in the Bible. You guys follow me? They are convicted by what? Their conscience. Well, didn't we not read in Romans chapter 2 that Gentiles, that, I mean, just born on this earth, within them, their conscience judges them right and wrong. It, it justifies them or it unjust. It's gonna, it's the conscience that we all have born on this earth. You, it, you don't need the law. The Bible said that born on this earth, the world, the world even proclaims there's a trinity in creation. See, people, are, what about the pygmies in Africa? What if they die? They didn't hear about Jesus. No, the Bible's very clear. Everybody, everybody, everybody born on this earth is going to have the opportunity to say, there's a God or there's no God. Every one of them. Hey, let me throw this out to you. You know, you've heard me say this before, but throughout history and throughout study and throughout all kinds of people researching past cultures, as far as they can get, all recognize this one thing that happens with all cultures and all people, no matter how far they go back. You know what it is? They worship something. Are you guys listening to me? They worship something. Why would we that came from monkeys worship anything? We wouldn't. We wouldn't worship anything. But because we're not from monkeys. I don't care if they don't believe in a God, but they're going to worship a grasshopper. Why are they even worshiping? And by the way, Every single tribe, every group that has been found through archaeology, not only worships something, but you know what else they do? Which is interesting because we're from monkeys. They all have to repent of doing wrong to their God. Come on, monkey man. Why we serve a God no, I'm not talking about God. I'm talking about the, the God of the pyramid, the God of, of whatever, the moon God. I don't care. Why we serve a God from the beginning of what we can look for, and why do we then have a problem with certain conviction of sin? In all of them. See, science doesn't want you to know this stuff. They want to keep you stupid that you came from, you know, whatever the monkey's name at Phoenix Zoo. It's a joke. There's no science to it. It's actually idiotic. 
Because if we're from a monkey, we're not going to serve a God. And number two, we're not going to repent for nothing because we're monkeys. You ever seen a monkey? They pick butt, they eat boogers, they don't care. They're nasty creatures. They don't care. They're not embarrassed. They're monkeys. Y'all got that? Okay, just wanted to throw that all stuff out. That was freebie, freebie. I know some of you, you know, you got higher education, been to college. Well, I just shook up your little ape tree, didn't I? It's true. It's a joke. But how many people you hear common sense on this stuff? They don't. They want to deceive you. They want to believe most of you are dumb people. I just put my foot down. We're not dumb. We're not putting up this garbage anymore. I didn't even serve Jesus, and I couldn't accept the monkey thing when I was a kid. There's nothing in me that goes, oh, you came from monkeys. I, I just, I wasn't that way. I just, I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe that. I didn't know what I believed in, but I knew I didn't come from a monkey, even at a young age. And as I got older, it just made sense because where, why are the other monkeys not changing? I mean, what evolution go? Well, we're done. You monkeys aren't going to go to a higher state. And I can tell you now, we've been on this, this earth with the ability to look at hundreds of years with clarity, not with, oh, we're not sure, 100 years with clarity because where we're at, there's no transition of monkey anywhere on this earth, not one. What happened? There's no transition of anything in the sea, nothing. Well, it took millions and millions and millions. Well, okay, then millions of years, but there's still a transition. What, it took a million years to get rid of the tail? Well, then there should be half tails, right? Because we don't all perfect at one time because you got different ages. I, I'm just saying, come on, wake up. And why are people worshiping things? Because there's something missing. There's a void in every human being. There's a void that needs God to fill it. And so they worship. And if it's, you know, the... The monkey God, they're going to go, we, we, we offended the monkey God. It, it flooded. We offended. We've got to repent. Why? Do you see? All right. That's just to help you get to this place. The conscience convicted. What is the purpose of this convict? Remember, it's to expose something and revealed. It's to go, okay, this is not correct. My conscience is saying, this is not correct, this is correct. But didn't I also say it could be an evil conscience or a good conscience, right? All right, let's look at the next one, 1 Corinthians 14, 24. But if all prophecy, and this is talking about in the church, you know, spiritual languages and prophetic words that can happen in a service, um, you know, and, and this is what Corinthians talk about. It says, if an unbeliever or uninformed person comes in, I like how it says unbeliever or uninformed. Unbeliever, uninformed. Because they can both look the same. You can be a believer, but uninformed, and you look like what? An unbeliever. Do you guys see that? I just threw that in there. It's good. It's good. All right? And an uninformed person comes in, they are convinced by all, and they are convicted by all. What does that mean? That means that the information that they're sharing in the church is revealing something to them, and that information they're sharing is convicting them, not the Holy Spirit, them, 
you see that. You guys following me? Okay. So there it is again, same elenco, same word used in the scripture. James 2 9. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted. Here's another area. Convict, same word, elenco, by the law. So now the law is convicted. Why? Because it says, don't do that. Don't steal. Don't take your, your neighbor's wife. Don't, and, and now what? You do it, you're convicted. By what? The law. So these words that in the Greek language that are interchangeable as far as translation-wise, it's the word even translate convict. The one that we misuse toward who? The Holy Spirit. And it's nowhere in the Bible. That's all you're going to get right there. That's it. Are you guys getting this? So, again, the word uh, conviction uh, is, is actually one time used, but it's not used in convict term. It's pitheo, which is meaning something totally different than convict. But again, it's not in the Bible, conviction, by the way. All right, just so you understand that. Okay, so I, I don't think we're going to, love life's going to be using those terms very much anymore. All right? So anyway, because the word means to persuade, be confident, be assured, believe. It's pitho. And pitho is tied to the word pistis, which is belief, where we get faith. Isn't that interesting? So conviction is not in there, just so you know that. All right, now we got our own conscience convicts us, condemns us, or justifies us. All right? First Corinthians chapter 8, this uh, amazing, this chapter 8, chapter 9 is amazing. It's because it's tied to the food area which is very interesting because how food is tied to religion and how food is tied to being close to God or far from God. It's really, really amazing how crazy people get about food. But it's also tying to people that are new in the faith or their conscience is from the law. Okay? Remember Peter, the story of Peter? And God gave Peter a dream where the sheet came down with all these foods that had pork and, and sausage and, you know, ribs and everything that the Jews were not to eat. And God showed this thing coming down and it had all that food that the law says, don't eat. And God, God in the dream says, hey, go eat. And Peter said, no, nah, I don't touch that stuff. I ain't touching none of that stuff. And this is the new covenant now. This is after Jesus rose again. This is Peter walking out this walk with Jesus now. And God shows him this stuff and he says, hey, I said you can eat. It's clean. You can eat it. And Peter's going, I would never touch that stuff. Why? Because the law, conscience, law, conscience, law, conscience. I would never. This is wrong. This is wrong. Why is it wrong? Because your conscience convicted you. And God says, it's all clean. And if I say you can eat it and it's clean, you can eat it and it's clean. And Peter had to learn that principle. Same as the area of, I don't want to go that way. I was going to what, you know, young boys will have and things like that. Let's move on. All right. So. Circumcision. I just didn't want to go that way. But the same thing with circumcision. Circumcision shows the sign in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, they said, you're not saved, get circumcised, then you're saved. And 
Paul and the rest of the apostles had to say, no, circumcision of the heart, not that. Forget that. That doesn't matter. You don't have to be circumcised to be saved. Okay, let's move on. And if you are, praise God. If you're not, whatever, praise God. All right, chapter eight, y'all ready? That's why I didn't want to go there. All right, chapter, are you guys learning anything? All right, let's move on. Chapter eight, not everyone knows this. Not everyone knows this. Not everyone knows this. I'm not saying that Paul's saying this. Not everyone knows this about eating food, sacrificed to idols. They've been going, well, of course, what do you mean not everybody knows this? And what's sacrificed to idols? Follow me, people, follow me. Back in the day, their day, there weren't a whole lot of grocery stores. There weren't a whole lot of restaurants around. They were mainly tied to unbelievers in the temples in Galatia and Corinth and Ephesus. Remember, we're talking about Rome. We're talking about this place is filled with degrading, disgusting, the worst things you could ever imagine that blow away what's happening in this today's society. Blow it away. And you may think, how could it go? How could it get worse than this? Believe me, it was way worse than this. And I can't wait to teach you Romans in my studies because you're going to freak out on some of the things you learn about that day and this day. It's a pretty amazing thing, but it's beneficial to you. And it'll make you realize, hey, we can win anytime, but moving right along. So here we have Paul's going, let me tell, let me show you something about idol and filet mignon. Now, he's saying this, when you go to the temple or the, the center market, they're going to be serving steaks, meats that were offered to idols in the temple. See, they all want to make money. When it comes down to all this, it's about money. So they'd sacrifice to Diana, their God. Here's the cow. And look, we're putting this cow on the fire. We're cooking it up for you, Diana. And then is it medium yet? No, yeah, they want medium. Okay. Oh, praise Diana, Diana. It's medium now. Okay, we're done, Diana. Pull it off. They take the steak out that was offered Diana and Christians. And I'll show you the difference. Believers, followers of Jesus would go and say, hey, that looks good. I'll take one of those, one of those. And um, I'll take some mashed potatoes. You got, you know, crab with that. I'm just, and they'd eat. Now, Paul's going to deal with this situation because it was offered to a demon. And Paul's going to show us how to be free. Because I guarantee you, some of you in here right now, you freaking out because you're eating devil steak. You think, I would never eat devil steak. The demon will get in me. I'll set you free. The Bible will. Ready? Let's move on. He says, we know that an idol is nothing. It's a joke. There are, he says, there are gods and lords. In other words, there's these created fantasies, but they're nothing. He goes, but there's only one God. There's only one God. These things are, are laughable, but we know that. Then he goes on and says this, verse seven, but not everyone knows this, right? Some of you in here, you didn't know what I was teaching and I taught you and you didn't know this. So now your conscience or your attitude has to go, well, do I receive this? And then you have to fight through and I'll teach you on that too. Ready? Let's keep going. He says, not everyone knows this. Some people are still so accustomed to 
idols. My diet, I'm accustomed to a way I ate. And when it was saying, nope, you don't want to eat this anymore. You don't want to eat this anymore. So don't eat this anymore. I'm accustomed to it. So everything within me is going, yeah, but I, I'm sure it's good for you. But it's saying, no, you don't want it. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. The battle's real, people, and I understand it. But guess what? I kept down the journey against my conscience and the new truth over one massively. Just over one massively. So my conscience isn't that way anymore. But my also conscience is going to be tied to this. It says, I'm not going to push my conscience on your conscience. And I'm not going to make you. Do you see what I'm saying? That's why I don't want to, I'm very cautious and careful on this stuff. Even though, you know, I, I know the benefits of it. Moving right along. Ready? Not everybody knows this. Some people are still accustomed to. Accustomed to means is that this is what they know. This is a part of them. When they eat such food, they think of it as having sacrificed to the idol. Since their conscience is weak. Everybody say weak. That, that Greek word literally means, it, it could be used in a person that's feeble, lack of strength, even sickness. But what it's saying is their conscience is very, very weak in this area. What area? The, the area that you would think you're Super Christian. That was offered to the enemy, the devil. And I will not eat. Let that food touch my lips because it was offered to the devil. And Paul's going, no, you're not spiritual. You have a weak conscience. Now follow me because this is how you get free in life. He's talking about the food area, which was a big deal, a major deal. So he goes on and says this, their conscience is weak. In other words, without strength, it is defiled. What? Defiled in the Greek means it's been polluted. It's contaminated. How was it polluted and contaminated about something like that? They took that, that T-bone, laid it on the altar to the Satan, took that T-bone out to the restaurant and served it to a Christian. That's demonic. You're going to eat that T-bone and go, Aah! and that's how most Christians believe. And here I have the Bible teaching that you are totally out and you have a no understanding of scripture. But we have these deep-seated beliefs that are contrary to God. We want freedom or not? I do, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up on that first satanic restaurant and eat away. <laughs> if they got good steak, I have no problem. I'm not a scared, scared at all, all right? Moving right along, though I probably won't, but moving right along, okay? Because you don't know if they spin it or whatever. I'm not going to go that way, but we're, we're just talking about this right now, all right? So it says, they're conscience is weak and defiled, contaminated. It, it produces guilt into shame. Isn't that interesting? Conscience. Everybody say conscience. All right, let's keep going. First Corinthians 10, 23. Now here, th this is the whole, this whole subject continues on. It's amazing on different, different connections to what we're talking about. 
He says, all things are lawful for me. All things. How many things are lawful? How many things are free? How many things can you do? He says, anything I want. Anything I want. I've told you this stuff over and over here at this church. You can do anything you want. It's, it's, it's anything is legal because of your freedom. But then he goes like this. See, don't take it to the extreme, which people do that are trying to get out of doing right. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, you do anyway. <laughs> right? I'm going to go out and shoot up heroin. I can do whatever I want. Well, if you do that, it's what you want to do anyway. Is it lawful? Well, it's lawful because you chose to do it. What does that mean? It means it's stupid. The negative effects are going to be real. And it's going to mess you up and kill you. But can you do it? Yeah, you can. That's what scripture teaches. Let's go. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things build me up, strengthen me. Let no one seek his own, but each one other well-being. Eat whatever's sold in the meat market. Ask no questions for conscience sake. In other words, I want to eat that meat, but I'm not going to sit there and go, was it offered to a, a, a devil? Because if it was offered to the devil, it says, don't ask questions. If you want the meat, get the meat. This is the Bible, people. If you want the meat, get the meat. He says, for the earth is the Lord's and all the fullness. Now, notice it said, ask no question for conscious sake. What does that mean? Ask no questions for conscious sake. He's saying you are operating your conscious in a way that's exercising how it operates. You're working your conscious in a way to where you are in control. But if you allow the conscience, because of your past, influence you, you're going to go down a road you don't need to go. It doesn't say if you choose not to eat it for conscious that you're evil. It just says you have a weak conscience because of the reason is, is this. All food is good to God. Doesn't matter. No, those idols aren't real. So it doesn't matter. But let's keep going. If any of you or those who do not believe are not believers, watch this. Any people that are not believers and they invite you over for dinner, and you desire to go, eat whatever's set before you, asking no question for conscience sake. Someone that doesn't serve Jesus, someone that's living a life, and they're at your work, and, and you know they don't serve God, and they do bad things or whatever, but they say, you know what, my family's having dinner, I'd like you to come over. And you go, you know what, I'd like to do that. God's saying, okay, that's cool. Go with them. He says, but then don't, now we don't have this happening here, you know, unless you got some Satanist friends or whatever, but this is back in the day when this is normal life for these people. They, they are, this is constant operation in their daily lives of these freaky, freaky things they did for their certain hundred plus gods. And they're all doing this. So here they are going to this house. He's now going, go ahead, go. 
God, he says right here, if you want to go, go. But you don't have to ask questions like, where did it come from? Did you, did you worship Satan with it? He just said, eat, it's before you. All right, let's, let's go. But if anyone, notice it says anyone. So it changed words from you are invited by someone. Now it says if anyone says, now we're seeing something different because now it's a weak believer that was invited too. You're a strong believer that's like going, I can eat whatever I want. For conscience sake, I'm not even going to ask because I really don't care. If they did, it doesn't matter. Even if they say it was offered to idol, I'm going to eat it. Unless another person, a weaker believer, a weaker conscience, and they go, they're the weaker one, follow me, they're the weaker one. They say this. This was offered to idols. I know I saw it. Don't eat it for the sake of the one who told you. What? See, the weak conscience is the one that's what? Weak and defiled. They say, you can't eat this. It came from the temple. We can't eat it. God says, you can. But he says, because of the weaker believer, don't eat the meat. Isn't that interesting? He's saying, because he's weaker, you're not to lord over him with your freedom. You don't want to mess more with his conscience. Why? Because he has to grow. But if you do something that weakens his conscience even more, it can even hurt you in your ability to lead him or her. So he goes, if they go, it was idols. They gave it, they worship idols with it. It's the same steak. I know it is. Just say, excuse me, um, I, I, I don't want, I'm not going to eat it. I, I just don't want to offend. I'm not going to eat it. Isn't that interesting? Let's move on. So if any fellow guest says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you, for conscious sake. Now watch this. The earth of the Lord in all its fullness. Conscience, I say, not your own, but that of the other. Then Paul totally goes in this, this tirade of, that almost says, forget them. And it's so amazing he does this. But what he's saying is, listen, I get it. Your conscience is strong. Your conscience is not defiled. It's not polluted. You're operating in a strong conscience. I get it. And then he says, this is how you're thinking. I am not going to be judged by another man's conscience. I'm free from being judged by another man's conscience. Watch this. But if I partake with thanks, why am I evil spoken for the food for which I gave thanks? This is what he's saying. He's saying, hey, if this guy has a problem with it, just don't eat. Now he's saying, but you understand this. You eat whatever you want. And you can be bold in eating that and not be ashamed to eat it. 
because it's just food. It's not going to make you closer to God. It's not going to make you further from God. It doesn't matter if it was idol. It was worshipped over, you know, a thousand idols. It's steak you want to eat. Eat the steak because it can't hurt you. Your conscience is strong. You're powerful. And this is good because God made all food good to partake of. That's what he says. So he goes through this whole process now of saying, I get it. Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So he was literally saying, don't be ashamed or don't be fearful that sometimes you have to go for your conscience. And you're not saying it, but you're saying, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. So what does this all come down to? It comes down to the understanding of how this part two will be next Sunday. But it comes down to this place where we're like going, okay, here Paul's going through this. Now, I want you to understand something. Don't, don't gather food in your head as today because the concept of then, their food and our food now are not the same thing, all right? But what you're doing is, is you're looking at a group of people that they were filled with some of the grossest rituals that were taking place by everybody. That's why the book of Ephesus, Colossians, Galatians, that's why it's so deep instruction for the believers that lived in these cities, man. They were, this is their conscience training. They were brought up in this stuff. That's why they had to be taught correctly. So here they are going, okay, I'm now growing. I'm understanding this life and I can eat that steak if I want, period. And I'm sitting there eating that steak and another believer with a weak, defiled conscience goes, how could you eat that? That's wrong of you. It's been offered to idol. Oh, okay. You know what? I don't want to eat it. I I, I get your point. I don't want to eat it. And just walk away. They'd be thinking, that's not fair. That's what Paul was saying. Oh, your, your conscience is powerful and strong. But see, you don't want to offend a believer over food or anything that they might look at that might offend them. Christians are bold at offending. I mean, bold. I can drink wine if I want. Yeah, but if you got someone with you that sees that and that's not acceptable to them, your boldness is rebellion against God's word unless you submit and say, you know, we won't. That's, that's the mature way. Paul's saying, Anything I do is lawful, but there's a place of maturity. I can do whatever I want, but not everything's going to help me. Not everything's going to be beneficial to me. Do you see what I'm saying? So this is where we have to, why is this so important? Because ultimately I'm going to get to the place where massive freedom is going to be just revealed. Because this goes to a place that we all need to understand about who we are in Christ. And once we get this, you'll realize what the battle's about. The battle's about this get away from the concept of Galatians where it says legalism is slavery. You'll become a slave. God wants you free. And the only way you can free is to know that it isn't God condemning. He says there's no condemnation. I read that last week. There's no condemnation for a believer. Majority of believers live a life of condemnation. The Bible said there is none. Who's wrong? God or us? This is what we get down to. 
I want you free. And once we get this understanding of conscience, understanding of, of where Paul says, I exercise my conscience. I'll teach that next Sunday. So you all better come and bring someone. Because this is, I'm telling you, this is good stuff. In our lives, we're never going to be the same again because of this information. And I know it's impacting you right now. Father, thank you for the word. It's a good word. We love you. And we have great, great expectation for your goodness operating in our lives. So, Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the truth, the revealing of it. And our lives will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right, guys. Love you guys. You're awesome. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.